So hello, everybody. Uh, welcome uh, to this podcast. Uh, uh, I'm Jose Arroyo. And... I'm Richard Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I was very keen to have uh, Richard uh, with me uh, because one of my great finds of last year at uh, the Giornata del Cinema Ritrovato in Bologna uh, was actually the discovery of Shaheen's films. Uh, I didn't know anything about him, uh, though actually later I learned that I did. So, for example, I had heard of Alexandra Y, but I had no notion of him as a filmmaker uh, or as an auteur, or I, I knew nothing about him. Uh, and watching the films was a real discovery uh, uh, for me. So, so when Richard pointed out that all of these, well, not all, but a large selection of these films uh, were now on Netflix, I thought it would be great to have a conversation yeah. about them, to try and actually do podcasts on as many of them as possible, uh, and, you know, hope that um, uh, to bring some attention to, you know, what I think is really great, great work. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, let's begin uh, with uh, uh, the first uh, film uh, that, that we saw, uh, which is called Struggle in the Valley, but it's in uh, uh, Netflix. It's on Netflix as The Blazing Sun. Yeah. Yep. So your thoughts? It, it, was, it was amazing. Yeah. So um, mm. it's from 1954, I think. It's yes. uh, the first film of Omar Sharif uh, before he was Omar Sharif. Um, so yes. he was who, who is better than when he did become Omar Sharif mm. because actually just seeing him one of the things that it made me think is you know people people and writers and so on would always keep saying oh Omar Sharif is so beautiful and actually I never got it I mean you know he wasn't ugly mm. but you know this idea of speaking of him as beautiful I just didn't get and actually watching this film he is extraordinary yeah he, he was yeah. I think 22 when this was made, something like that. Mm. Uh, Ch Ch yes. Shaheen supposedly discovered him in a cafe. I was I was reading. Uh, so, <laughs> like Lana Turner. But yeah, so he discovered him in a cafe. The female lead in the film. Faten Hamama. Yeah, so so Faten Hamama, the, the, the female lead, um, went on to marry Omar Sharif. And they were married for 20 years. Um, she was already quite a big star, apparently. She'd been mm -hmm. acting since she was about eight or nine years old. I guess she was like the equivalent of Elizabeth Taylor, maybe, the, you know, a yes. child actress who, who, who became a big adult star. And so she, she was this big star, and she apparently had casting approval over the male lead. So she had to meet Omar Sharif and agree that he was okay for the part, um, and she uh -huh. obviously did, and they then married. And the reason, the other thing I read today is the reason he changed his name to Omar Sharif is she was a Muslim and yeah. to marry her he had to convert to Islam and as a result of that he changed his name to Omar Sharif so effectively ah. he's he's billed as Omar El Sharif in this film yeah but is, well, um, is he I don't, I don't think he is I he's, yes is he okay he is right it's Omar El Sharif right right yeah. but yeah apparently he changed the name so, when he converted and they were married for 20 years uh, until 1974. Um, uh -huh. She'd been married previously. Anyway, they split up after, uh, and, and supposedly maybe he was, because he, he'd be, I mean, she carried on being a big star in Egypt, uh, but obviously he was yes. a big international star. Um, and uh, yes. um, as described, a, I saw one great description of him, the, 
the actor and celebrating Rue Omar Sharif. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, he did become famous for for being, you know, uh, an international gambler. Mm. You know, at all the card tables in Monte Carlo and Nice and so yeah. on. And of course, you know, celebrated by the tabloids for having affairs with everybody, mm. really, Barbara Streisand and so on. So all of this, well, presumably he was married yeah. uh, uh, to poor uh, Faten but, Hamam. But then they, they <laughs> split up and he never married again. And, and he, there's some quote from him saying, oh, I was, I, I was only in love with one person and that was her. And so I never remarried. Wow. Uh, but she like remarried really quickly. So she was just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> They, anyway, anyway, all yeah. of this is like kind of um, context mm. to the film. The film itself, I was really bowled over. Yeah. Actually, you know, it's kind of it's it's pure melodrama, right? And including the use of the music, you know, uh, there's this sense that like horrible things happen to people that are outside of their control and that actually come suddenly. And that, you know, people's hopes are dashed and everything is done musically. So as soon as one of those moments arrives, the music surges. It's almost like, you know, silent film in that sense, really. But, you know, uh, uh, obviously with dialogue and so on. But I, in watching it, I was so moved. And you think also, you know, these films are about what's important in mm. life. Yeah, like. You know, like, even though it's so melodramatic, it really has a sense of, you know, dealing with those things that are important in life and society, right? You know, about kind of, you know, what is a good person and virtue not being rewarded and, you know, uh, kind of, you know, here are these peasants like struggling to sell their cane sugar and their hopes are just dashed by a greedy rich person. And, you know, but there's also things about the fate of the country and the the justice system and development, yeah? Mm. Kind of all of these things I found, like, I mean, you get the sense of just, you know, the beginning of the film, that this is a film dealing with important issues. Yeah, because I thought when it started, because it reminded me, the, the one we saw in Bologna, uh, was it the, the Land, which was also yes. all about peasants versus landowners, as I remember. And uh, So yeah. I kind of thought when it started, and, and there's basically these, the peasants are growing sugarcane and the landowners growing sugarcane and, and the peasants have just won the contract to supply sugarcane to somebody. And I, I, I thought, I thought, okay, we're in for a film that's all about, you know, procurement policies of, <laughs> of sugarcane, which is going to be great, but you know, uh, but then it turns into this yeah. really involving melodrama and it turns into a murder mystery and a courtroom drama and a revenge drama and a romance. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just great, and I think it, it was visually really striking as well. You know, Stunning. the the scenes. What the, the, there's like the big when the, the the village is flooded and they all kind of parade away from the village, and then there's a, a funeral parade where the crowd is snaking mm. away from the distance and that kind of thing. And it was all filmed. The, I, there was a title card at the beginning uh, about the the locations, uh, so it was filmed. All the scenes in this picture has been filmed in the actual in the actual local. So it's, it's like the Luxor Temple, Valley of the Kings, all, all these kinds of places, and you just get it's beautiful. Yeah, you just get these scenes where the tiny figures, uh, you know, the cast are like really tiny against this massive backdrop. But the other thing yeah. that got me was the near the end. There's a big shootout, and they yeah, they're filming in the real locations. So they're filming yes. they're filming in like the tomb of whoever. 
uh, and it's the real location, and then there's like bullets whizzing <laughs> off the, the, yeah, the masonry. It's uh, you know, it's it's great. <laughs> it's extraordinary. Yeah, but I think to me, it's a film that is so poetic. So, so I think there were two things. Firstly, I thought. You know, it was about issues that matter, that the film has a stake in mm -hmm. them. It, it wants to dramatize and make you understand them. But also, it was really clear from the very beginning, you know, that this is the work of a poet. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's a visual poet. It's not just that things like what you are shown is vivid and vibrant and seems shown to you in, in an original way. There isn't, there isn't a single angle that seems cliche mm. yeah like it's every composition in the film is is striking to look at all those scenes in the prison for example or going into the temple of luxor uh but also they're meaningful yeah that kind of you know it's not just pretty to look at it's also conveying something so you know the way that the uh, going into the prison is filmed you know through this corridor with the shadows at one point right right and then Kind of, you know, when uh, um, there's about to be the execution later on outside, mm. yeah? It's like kind of the images are conveying, you know, all kinds of information uh, uh, that, you know, in addition to the dialogue that is very um, stylized, intense, connotative. Yeah, it's almost allegorical. Yeah, it works the way that poetry mm. does these images. And, the, and uh, the, prison, the prison is a real prison, again, in the, in the locations thing. So, My God. so yeah, it's presumably you know a real prison, and you know the uh, you know the gallows is a real gallows, and all all of that stuff, you know. So, and imagine rendering all of that as visually striking and beautiful mm. and evocative and, as he yeah. does. And the thing is, because he's so, you know, he's so little known over here. And uh, no, I mean, not as far as I can tell. I mean, I looked at BBFC site, and not none of his films are, are listed. There as having been certified in the UK, it's not doesn't necessarily mean they haven't been released. There was a BFI, um, the National Film Theatre retrospective in two thousand two, and Cairo Station had a bit of a re-release, but I don't. But not only, you know, a, a lengthy run at the NFT, it didn't go anywhere. So I, I don't think people have seen them. And, and uh, the obituaries, he died in two thousand and eight. And you read the obituaries, and it, yeah, sometimes you're reading articles, and they're talking authoritatively about the films, and you can tell, oh yeah, you yeah. you haven't really seen these films, have you? Because the, they they t they talk about Cairo Station, which was 1958, and there's some phrase like, oh, he was still he made a few films while he was still finding his feet, and then he made Cairo Station. Yeah. But like that's nonsense because this is four years earlier, and it, he'd already made about five films, and it's amazing, you know, it, it's really accomplished. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I mean. To me, he was a complete discovery. He's, I think, one of the great poets of cinema. The films are very interesting because they're not perfect, right? You know, so for example, you were describing the fight sequence. Well, you can tell that, you know, they probably filmed the first take because that's all they could get. And there are moments of clumsiness uh, throughout the film. And yet, in spite of all of those moments of clumsiness, I think it's such an incredibly great film, and it's clear that no one has seen them. I wanted to point out that uh, the Wikipedia entry is wrong, uh -huh. right? So it begins by saying, Omar Sharif plays Ahmed, an engineer whose father is a farmer and farm owner. His father succeeds in improving and increasing the production of sugarcane. Wrong, mm. right? I mean, you know, it's Omar Sharif 
who comes back home as an engineer yeah. and improves, you know, the lot of uh, the peasants. Yeah, mm -hmm. he uh, brings in new techniques that allow the peasants to have better sugarcane than the the lord, the wealthy man of the area. And actually, because they succeed in selling their uh, uh, high grade, highest grade sugarcane, the rich man plots to flood all their land, ruin their crop, and ruin their homes, mm. right? And this is what begins a chain of events that, you know, then culminates in the plot. The father is the servant of uh, the wealthy man. He's the overseer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but he's still a servant, right? Uh, and in fact, you know, a, a, a naive and very kind, uh, yeah, uh, uh, and hardworking mm. one. So the plot revolves around uh, uh, the daughter of this wealthy uh, landowner, uh, uh, Amal, who is, who is played by Faten uh, Hamama, who is in love with Omar Sharif. Uh, but uh, the father has really uh, pinned all the terrible deeds that he's done, including murder, on Omar Sharif's father, mm. right? And this is kind of where you get, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the conflict and richness of, of the film, yeah? These people who grew up together, who love each other, but one is poor, one is rich, one is murderous and evil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the other one, his father has been executed. Yeah. It's just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, they never explain this, but they, when they meet, so they meet again after years, and it turns out that he's, when they were children, his nickname, his nickname for her was Potatoes. I just like, they they yes. never say why, but he just calls them Potatoes. Um, I love that. Yes. Um, it's interesting because the film is an amalgamation of different kinds of subtitles. Mm. Yeah. So sometimes, uh, you know, the nickname is Potatoes. Sometimes it's Spud, which actually makes more sense and feels more amiable than yeah, Potatoes. That's right, because it's, it's, it's a restoration. And there was the, the, the caption about the restoration, I think there's one reel where, where they couldn't, you know, the, the, the print wasn't good enough. So, so there's, a, there's bits of a print where it's got burnt in English subtitles from the 50s, and presumably, Given the thing, given it apparently wasn't released in the UK, I don't, I don't know what mm. what those subtitles were for. Maybe maybe the US release, um, but yeah. So so it, it's a bit. You suddenly you'll get a, a, a couple of shots where you've got an original nineteen fifties subtitle and, and and the Netflix subtitles stop and the. the uh, but yeah. most of the print looks looks amazing. It's really really nice restoration. It looks amazing. It actually feels both uh, glossy. It's a film that uh, pays great attention to the surface of things. Mm. Yeah, um, you know, the temples, the clothes, the mansion that it's set in, you know, so it looks incredibly beautiful and rich and it's very satisfying to look at. But it also is combined with elements of clumsiness, mm. yeah? Uh, you know, moments of uh, what to us seems overacting or moments where the continuity doesn't quite match or, you know, fight sequences that are, you know, uh, feel very unreal to our eyes anyway. Um, so I think the marvel of the film is that everything works and is so moving and beautiful in spite of these rough aspects, yeah? Mm, yeah, yeah. But what, what caught your eye? What, what impressed you the most about 
the film? I, th- I think, I think the, the just the visual style of it, and I think the you know the, the just the a few amazing sequences, like I said, the you know, the funeral parade and the um, the, the the final sequences in, in the um, Valley of the Kings or wherever, wherever it was. Uh, you know, it just looked yeah. just looked fantastic. But also, I just found it was so involving. I mean, it sounds like you know you, you say okay. It's an Egyptian film from 1954. You think, and it's about sugar beet growing. You think, okay, this is yeah. going to be really worthy and hard work, but actually, it's not. It's really involving. Um, you know, yes. it's yeah. No, I thought I thought it was great, and, and uh, yeah, oh yeah, Omar Sharif was, was great. Mrs. Omar Sharif was also great, and, and uh, yeah, yeah, they you know they were wonderful, and actually, the romance is wonderful mm. because you know the film has all of these ideas that are kind of you know not ours right so you know the gender roles are very prescribed right and you know what the women can do within that society uh, is very limited and you could see what risks she takes yeah Uh, also the justice system is uh, very authoritarian yes (laughs) yeah so you know uh, so uh, the film kind of treats it with kid gloves, but you see how little room uh, for maneuver uh, that society uh, offers. Also, we see the whole honor system. So someone has been accused of killing someone's father, so that son must kill not only the other, the, 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 the that person, but their son. And yeah, and begin, it's like, mm. a, you know, a kind of a hillbilly chain of murder, right? Yeah, and, and bit in terms of honor where they think that... that that the young lovers have spent the night together, and um, it's like, well, you, uh, she's a whore. She's a whore. You, you, you need to kill your daughter. It's like, okay, you know, they're yes. just going to, they're just going to do it. Um, mm. And yeah, and she's going to be given away in marriage, and, and yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the you say the morality is very different. Um, yeah, uh, but the film treats it so well because it's like the wealthy man, the only thing he loves in the world is his daughter. Right. Mm. And then all his actions around money mean that uh, everything he doesn't want for her daughter, for his daughter, uh, he lands her with. Right. So he wants his daughter to be happy. But by the end of the film, you know, he's forcing her to marry someone she hates, you know, to cover up, you know, his own Mm. actions. Right. So, yeah, he wants the family to be rich, but actually... Yeah, uh, again, because he's committed murder. Yeah, so everything he does defeats the thing he wants most. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which I, 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 so I think the film handles so beautifully, really. Yeah. So what did uh, what did you like least about the film? Um, I don't know. I can't. I guess the you didn't really get a. Feel for what was really going on. It's, uh, I, I just wanted more about sugar beet production, and, and uh-huh, not, right. real, not really, but you just it sets up that whole thing. But you don't really get any sense of it because it just suddenly, it just immediately goes off into this this revenge plot. Um, yes, there's a scene involving. I mean, a I think that was quite unpleasant. I didn't like that. <laughs> yes, the cat being yeah. shot. Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's very. I find it very fascinating because the culture that is depicted is a culture in flux. Yeah, it's a culture in the process of change. I mean, I'm not sure when the Brits left uh, Egypt, uh, um, 
but um, this is a, a, a society that is in the process of industrialization. You see how much mm -hmm. of it is still done by hand. Yeah, people use horses. Yeah, people live uh, in a very basic way. Uh, but on the other hand, you the wealthy people have cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, their houses are decorated. I mean, it's like a Palladian, you know, palace that you see uh, decorated in like Louis says or something. Right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. It's kind of very Western and very rich. Uh, uh, but that goes along with like, you know, uh, quite uh, um, not extreme poverty per se, uh, but a way of life that is probably unchanged, you know, for centuries. Mm. Yeah? But I just looked up and the, this is, so it's made in 1954 and 1952 was when King Farouk was overthrown and and uh -huh. then took over. So it was really, you right. say it's really, really at that cusp of change. Um, yes. So. So, so that's why the film partly is so interesting because it's asking all these questions, right? So, you know, partly what is progress and why should we be involved with it? Yeah, but also class divisions that seem to have been there from time immemorial, uh, you know, where uh, the land is only for some people uh, who are resisting every change possible. Then there's also these questions of, you know, what is justice, mm. right? And justice on every level, kind of, you know. Uh, also, what is honor? And, you know, what is the value of truth? And what is the value of being a good person? I mean, I think one of the lines is, you know, being good never gets you anywhere. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because <right>? like, <laughs> the other thing is the difference in, you know, between the peasants and the rich people. The, the, yeah, the, they're almost like they're from a different century because the, the scenes with the peasants could have been filmed, could be set in, you know, the 19th century or something. I mean, the film's set in, exactly. film's set in 19... In, in, I, think it, I think it's set in 1951. There's a... There's a when they talk yeah. about the court case, it's the first of 51. So, so that's yes. it's presumably set, and perhaps this is uh, how you evade some censorship. As you say, okay, this film is set under the previous regime, so any criti the criticisms are criticisms of the previous government, not the current government. Um, oh, that's in that's interesting. I, I hadn't. Yes, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. But you also get the sense that the film is set in in contemporary exactly, time, yeah. like the time in which because the film was made. So the, right. the, yeah, the, the peasants are all wearing robes, they're, 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 they're riding horses, etc., etc. The rich people, they've got telephones, they're wearing, you know, they, I mean, the, 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 yeah. the young woman is dressed like Queen Elizabeth, you know, it's sort of the same hair yes. and, and uh, very westernized. Um, yes. So, yeah. Um, and actually that thing about the Western and the Arab uh, is I think also part of the theme of the film. All the bad people are, are wearing suits yeah. and yeah, they're kind of living in Western just homes. Just like real life. And all... <laughs> 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 uh, but I think what I what I really uh, want to highlight is really you know the sense that the film is both pulsating with melodrama, which is why we're we're so drawn, why it felt that it moved mm. so quickly and wonderfully and you were so engaged with it. Um, but also, you know, that it's poetic, right? Yeah, so uh, it's got kind of little things that meant that are meant to signify, not just through the lighting and the composition, but also through edits. For example, when uh, uh, Omar Sharif's father is ec wrongly executed for a crime he did not commit, right? 
you know, he is uh, put into a room. You see him through the bars, mm. right? And then it cuts to a howling dog, right? Like, uh, <laughs> I kind of powerless, and all you can do is howl, right? Yeah, and also the, the dog's howl is the howl that Omar's father couldn't make for himself, right? It's, it's so beautiful. Mm. And actually, those scenes between the father and the son over the barbed wire, I mean... I was welling up. I thought it was like so, so beautiful. Yeah, you know? and as I say again, when you once you realise, which I had no idea because I hadn't really paid attention to the slide at the beginning, that that that, that was a real prison. You know, and yeah. I, I don't know whether this, I, I, whether the story has any. I don't know if it's based on a novel or there's any basis in truth. Um, but you know, you're filming on a location where where those kinds of people would have gone through that kind of experience and would those kinds yeah. of people would have been executed. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think every shot is memorable. I mean, the scenes of the flooding, right? The scenes of the wedding. Mm. Uh, um, you know, the 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 chasing uh, to find the witnesses uh, through what looks like the Valley of the Gods mm. or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, they're they're just absolutely extraordinary. They're, it's like. Uh, uh, you know, a, a joyful sensation to watch something so beautiful. Yeah. So, are we going to do, uh, we're going to follow them in chronological I order? I think that's what we have to do. That's the rule. <laughs> yes. Okay, excellent. So, um, thank you very much for, for listening. I hope we've convinced at least some of you uh, to see this film and to really kind of look at uh, Shaheen's work uh, in Netflix. I actually had had a research project. I, you know, I came back from Bologna so excited about Shaheen that I actually ordered you know, a box sets of his films from France. They never arrived. They were discontinued. I had to reorder them from someplace else. And by the time that they did arrive, you know, this coronavirus thing had, had happened and you know, I couldn't get any access to them. Mm. So you know, being able to see them on, on Netflix is a real uh, uh, opportunity uh, not to be missed, I think. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah, write, write to Netflix, say, please put more 1950s Egyptian cinema on, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. I mean, you know, there, there, there's apparently, a, a, it's not just Shaheen, there's a bunch of contemporary Arab films that have gone on there as well. And, and uh, it's, uh, it's re a really interesting initiative. Yes. Um, I mean, I think I think it's an extraordinary opportunity uh, to to see the work uh, of a really great filmmaker and one who had uh, remained, you know, basically uh, unknown to me, a film studies lecture uh, until uh, you know we saw them in Bologna mm. and now here they are for everybody on on Netflix. So uh, see them while you get the chance. Uh, uh, this is a, a particularly great one. Uh, the Blazing Sun, uh, and uh, ignore uh, Wikipedia's entry. Uh, the plot is completely incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Uh, and uh, yes, and thank you, Richard. And we will continue uh, uh, with uh, his subsequent film, uh, uh, which I can't remember what it is, but keep to it. <laughs> 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 All right, Richard, lovely. Thank you. <laughs>